Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. It is an honor and privilege to share this time with you. We love studying the scriptures and feel they are central to our preaching, teaching, and living of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Our mission here is to grow disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. It is our prayer that God would use our preaching and teaching to do exactly that. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just want to talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. haven't met yet. My name is Sally Millsap and I serve as the pastor of Disciples in Action. And with Women's Retreat this morning, Chris Lund is with our women on Women's Retreat. There are 60 of them. And so I got the opportunity uh, to share in the word with you this morning. So let us go to God in prayer. God, As we prepare to hear your word in our scripture lesson from the Gospel of Mark, let our hearts be open to what you want us to learn today. May the Holy Spirit be with us as we explore what it means to be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our scripture lesson today comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in the bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening, at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick and possessed by demons. The whole city was gathered around the door, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still dark, He got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go now to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout all of Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We are in a sermon series entitled Eyes Wide Open, Jesus Brings Life. We have been exploring the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, 
And we have to appreciate the gospel writer of Mark who gets right to telling us about who Jesus is and what his ministry is going to be. For goodness sakes, we are only in the first chapter and we already know a lot. Jesus' baptism by John the Baptist, sharing with those who are present that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus calls his first disciples, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And last week, we explored the story of what happened with Jesus at the synagogue at Capernaum. Jesus started his public ministry by casting out an unclean spirit from a man while a crowd of onlookers witnessed and were amazed. So as we consider our scripture this morning, we want to note that this story of Mark starts out with the phrase, as soon as they left the synagogue. Can you imagine with me? After all the excitement of the exorcism of the unclean spirit, Jesus and his companions are looking for a place for a meal, to find some rest. Simon and Andrew offer up their home. Now, you have to wonder, did Simon know his mother-in-law was unwell? Or was this a surprise to him, having been out with Jesus at the synagogue and arriving back home to her being sick with fever? Simon and Andrew have just seen what Jesus has done in the synagogue. Could he make her too well? He must be able to. So they rush back into the other room. Jesus, come. She is unwell. Jesus goes to her bedside, gently touches her hand, and helps her up. And in that moment, the fever lifts. For a second time, in less than 24 hours, Jesus has miraculously healed someone. Well, if the first miracle at the temple wasn't enough to draw many crowds, a second miracle would. And that's exactly what happened. The disciples, having witnessed these two miracles, go in search of the sick and the demon-possessed. And by nightfall, the entire city of Capernaum is outside the door of Simon and Andrew's house, clamoring to see Jesus with the hope of their own miracle. Can you imagine the scene? I bet it was loud. Were the disciples managing the crowd control? How did they decide who was next to be in the presence of Jesus? Sounds a little exhausting and overwhelming to me to even think about it. And yet, Scripture tells us that he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. Many people who were sick, not just a few, many who were possessed with demons, were able to experience the power and the glory of God through his son Jesus's miracles in their life. And then, in the wee hours of the morning, Jesus leaves his companions sleeping to find solitude and pray. Our scripture says a deserted place, a solitary place. Jesus finds a quiet place. 
Interesting enough, this isn't the only time in this gospel we will see Jesus do this. It happens again later in chapter 8, where Jesus needs to retreat to rest and prayer. When I was imagining Jesus and this solitary place that he sought out, I started thinking about places where I go when I need solitude. So how many of you during the pandemic looked at all the rooms in your house because you were stuck there and decided that some of them needed to be rearranged or repurposed? Anybody else do that? Yes, okay. Well, we did that at our house. Um, We knew that every room was precious when we were all under one roof all the time. And actually, we discovered that while our dining room was lovely, it served no purpose for us. We ate meals in the kitchen, even when we had gatherings, and having a dining room was not the best use of space. So we decided to repurpose the room for me to have a home office. My husband, Ted, works from home and has an office upstairs. And with me being at home more often and starting seminary, it seemed logical to reset the dining room into an office for a season. Furniture was moved, a hand-me-down chair was secured from my parents' house, and I was in business. Now, I love my office, but I quickly discovered because of its location, it has a few challenges. My new-to-me chair, which is pushed up against the wall, has the stairs on the other side. Now, I live in a house with four males. Three of them are up here. Um, Three humans and one canine. And none of them know how to walk up and down the stairs quietly. And it often sounds like a herd of elephants right behind my head while I am attempting to read some high-level theology that one of my professors has decided to assign. Mac, our dog, has also decided that my chair, in fact, is not my own, but is actually been brought into our home just for him. The chair gets the mid-morning sunshine, and it is a perfect place for Mac's morning nap. He has grown to love my chair so much that I had to cover it with an old quilt so it doesn't get any more damage to the seat cushion of his favorite napping spot. But if I arise before dawn when everyone is asleep, even Mac, then I can claim that chair. You know, uh, you should know that every Sunday morning before I come to be with you guys, I have some quiet time in my chair. The house is quiet and everyone is sleeping and there is that I find solitude. I read the upper room devotional and I start my morning with God. Many times God rewards me by letting me see that he is with me in the glory of the sunrise. The chair faces a window that opens to the east, and I sit there and see the first glimmers of the sunrise coming up and often hear the birds start to chirp their morning songs. The sunrise this morning, if you didn't see it, was glorious. 
It was pink and purple. It was just gorgeous. I am so thankful for the quiet and the rest that I find with God in my chair. Now, in the deserted place, I wonder what Jesus prayed about that morning after he had performed all those miracles the night before. What did he talk about with Jesus, with God? What was on his heart as he shared with his father? We don't know what Jesus prayed about, but what we do know is that he wanted to pray and he found solitude, a quiet place to be with God. Now, I don't know about you, but I struggle to find solitude. Um, As an introvert, I desperately need a solitude to recharge, but who has time to get quiet when you have a family and a full-time job and even going to school? Most nights, I just collapse in the bed to start over the next day. But I can only go so long without rest and solitude before my body will actually force me to. And to be vulnerable with you, I am so stubborn that a few times in my life, my body has let me know I needed rest and solitude by having a panic attack. I had not been listening to my body and the Holy Spirit calling me to rest and solitude, but trust me, a panic attack will get your attention. I've been reading a beautiful book by Ruth Haley Barton, and she wrote this book for the soul care of leaders. And in one of the chapters, she says, there are times when a leader's deepest longing is to hear a word from the Lord, beyond the muddle of all our thoughts and ideas and brainstorming sessions, we long for an encounter with God that will penetrate all that and bring some clarity to our situation. I don't know about you, but one thing I have learned on my discipleship journey is that I rarely hear God when I'm running at full speed, managing 45 tasks and planning the next 10. When I need God to give me clarity, that clarity that Ruth Haley Barton speaks of, I've got to get still and quiet, really quiet. So on the morning, Jesus found a place of solitude and spent time with God. When the disciples finally found his hiding spot to tell him that a crowd was looking for him, Jesus had clarity. He answered, let us go to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. He wasn't going to be staying in Capernaum to set up a one-stop shop to do miracles but he was going to hit the road and proclaim God's message to God's people. So, as you go from this place today, I pray that you take some time to slow down, time to find your place of solitude, your hiding spot. Jesus modeled this for us. I would offer you my chair, but Mac would probably get mad if I did. Likely, you already know your place of solitude. 
you may have been neglecting it a little, so go there. God will meet you there in the quiet. Evidence of a covenant that God is with us and will always be there for us. Join me in prayer. Oh, gracious God, let me seek to be in your presence this week, to slow down, to find a quiet place, a place to be in communion with you. Amen.